0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Visit wholefoodsmarket.com or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more and find the store nearest to you.
1: I'm HRN's communications director, Kat Johnson, with a preview of this week's episode of Meat and Three, our weekly food news roundup. We decided it's high time we do an episode about Mary Jane.
2: Marijuana, things are happening.
1: That's right. This episode is about pot. We're exploring the rhetoric surrounding legalization in New York's recent gubernatorial primaries. And a cheesemonger turned cannabis consultant shares the tricks of the trade great so do you want to conquer the world do you want to have hazy eyes do you want to you know just relax all day and be floaty and we find out how one exemplary south carolina farmer is trying his hand at a new crop every plant that comes up from seed is different and so it's it's learning how the plant grows how it responds and then familiarizing myself and my senses with this plan. Plus, Hannah Forden and I taste test the hottest new cocktail ingredient, CBD. So subscribe to Meat and 3 wherever you listen to podcasts and be the first to know when the newest episode of Meat and 3 drops.
3: Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and we are coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, October 3rd, 2018. This is the 191st episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is considered one of the nation's most prolific restaurateurs, and I will introduce him fully in a moment. First, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, we're going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to master the art of collaboration. By definition, collaboration is the act of working with someone to to produce or create something. Or to take it one step further... It's understanding that no one is greater than the whole or that the whole is, gr- is greater than the sum of its parts. One of the keys to collaborating is knowing your strengths and finding those who complement your skill set with different ones. Being strong where you may be weak. So seek to collaborate and achieve greatness. It's an art. That's my tip today. Now, before I introduce my guest today, just for my regular listeners, there was a little change up, so Jordan Salcito is not going to be on the show today uh, as we had scheduled, but she will be on at a later date, so stay tuned for that. Today, I'm super thrilled to have my guest calling in from Chicago. It is Donnie Medea. He is the managing partner and owner of One-Off Hospitality Group. For his first project, Blackbird, which is now celebrating its 20th anniversary, Donnie forged a partnership with chef Paul Kahn that would ultimately lead to some of Chicago's most groundbreaking and memorable dining establishments. One-Off's restaurants include Avec, The Publican, The Violet Hour, Big Star, Publican Quality Meats, Dove's Luncheonette, and there's even more than that and Donnie has received numerous James Beard awards and nominations and most recently he won outstanding restaurant tour in 2015 so welcome Donnie
2: Thanks Sherry
3: Thanks for coming on my show today I'm I'm thrilled to talk with you and hear more about your your career and and everything that's happening with with one off I always like to start out with my guests and find out about their background and how they got into the Hospitality industry. So, let us know. Did you uh, did you always want to be a restaurateur, or how did what what, what inspired you to get into the business?
2: Uh, through osmosis, I had an incredible mother and aunt. They were twins that um, were the greatest greatest cooks and bakers. And they were super hospitable, but I didn't know that at an early age. Um, I, I, I had a chance to witness it on a on a daily basis. But when I mean they were hospitable, um, anybody was welcome in my mother's home, anyone. So um, sometimes they would they would run into friends that they haven't seen for years, and they would invite them back for dinner. Um, I, I could I can bring any amount of my friends over to um, our house randomly. Um, and they would just accept them uh, with no quorums or, or like, with, with no no quorums whatsoever. They would just let them in the house. So not knowing that early or just witnessing, I, I call that osmosis, only because later on, um, I think that's where I picked up my, hus- my hospitable uh, nature, welcoming guests in.
3: Right. Well... That that makes sense, and I believe in osmosis. <laughs> what um did you did you g- study? Uh, did you go to school um for for hospitality management or anything? Or how did you get restaurant
2: experience? Um, just by working in the industry um, for many many years before I opened my first restaurant. So I I actually I actually bartended for almost 10 years in, and in different, um, in different casual uh, settings. Um, I actually worked for um, a, a dear friend of mine who we went to high school together and his family has been in the, uh, in the restaurant business for, four, um, for f- four generations.
3: Oh, wow. Did you always in Chicago, all of your
2: restaurant experience? All of my restaurant experience is in, in, in Chicago. Um, I actually held a seat at the Board of Trade, and and I actually put myself, um, I financed myself by by bartending. Um, that's how I made a living. And when I, I like to tell this story as I, I failed miserably as a uh, as a commodities trader, um, but I I succeeded as a um, as a as a as a bartender restaurant host.
3: <laughs> Certainly, and I don't. I don't know if you know this about me, but I lived in Chicago from 1995 to 98 after college and mostly worked in restaurants. On the high end, I was a server at Charlie Trotter's. So um, I'm, I'm familiar with your city a bit, and I have fond memories and learned a lot from my experiences there.
2: How was uh, how was your time at, uh, at Trotter's?
3: You know, it was amazing. It was like, grad school and the culinary arts, I learned so much. It was very intense. I mean, people know Charlie, uh, he was intense, but I'm, I'm so grateful I had that opportunity. It was, you know, it was special.
2: So we're, we're, yeah. we're actually grateful to have him as a, as a mentor. Um, all of us here in Chicago.
3: Yeah. I'm. that's, I'm, I mean, that's wonderful to hear. And I'm, I'm thinking back to when I, so I left in 98 and moved to New York. And when I think about the West Loop neighborhood, I never went to the West Loop neighborhood back then because there was nothing to go to. But this brings me to Blackbird, which I believe since your, your 20th anniversary, you opened in 98 and was a pioneer in that neighborhood, completely changed it. So, how did you meet Paul Kahn and come to open this this restaurant?
2: Uh, Paul and I met through a uh, acquaintance. Um, I worked at a um, a restaurant in on the north side, which was about three or four blocks away from where Paul was working, and we used to do this industry night on Wednesdays. Um, and um, he he and his let me see if I can phrase this correctly. Um, the chef that I was working with, um, her husband was a was a line cook with Paul, and um, he was he was developing um, his own ideas, and um, he was leaving um, the restaurant where he was working at Irwin's at the time, and um, and and the chef that I was working with, uh, Chef Rosenthal, Joe Rosenthal, said that we should have a conversation because we um he was leaving and there may be an opportunity to to um, join forces so we i went there for brunch and the story goes that um he worked the line the night before did about 250 covers and then he came in for brunch and he was uh, probably did another 250 for brunch and um he looked a little uh weathered he was uh he was full of egg on his apron and um I just sat down for brunch. It was late. I introduced myself to him and said that, uh, you know, I had a, a space in mind. I had some plans and would love to talk to him further. And we met the next, uh, that we, ne- we met that Monday next, and we sat down and collaborated with our other business partner and um, uh, Rick DeArmit. And um, we knew we had some similarities, and, and we um, – struck a chord with one another and we carried on the conversation and decided to go in business together.
3: Did you ever think it would be what it is today and that you'd grow into such a strong restaurant group with so many different concepts back then?
2: <laughs> no, um, that's funny. Um, it, it seems funny now uh, when you look back and no, what we were striving for is to be the best 67 seat restaurant in Chicago. That was our goal. That was our only goal, seven days a week, every waking moment, um, just digging in and, and, and trying to do something a little different um, with a little bit more care, with a little bit more flavor, with a little bit different style. And, um, and I believe that we also were able to accomplish that.
3: Yeah, certainly. So, so when or when or did you or why did you decide then? When what was your second restaurant? Was that a Vec? Um, like when did you know it was time to maybe do restaurant number two?
2: Certainly not. Certainly, certainly not like it is today. Um, we waited. We calc- We made a calculate move um, with the um, with the space across the alley from us. We in Chicago have alleys, you, you, you don't, so the alleys separate these two concepts, but when you look at them, they're our, our friendship and our, with help from our um, design and architect, Thomas Lesher, um we were able to marry these two um, uh, or pair these two very strategically, but it took us five years to come up with a new concept and, um, and also to put the deal together
3: yeah so I know from from being a little familiar with your with your group and and just about the name that well maybe one explain I mean one off hospitality comes from the the idea that all of your concepts
2: are different
3: hmm? so yeah.
2: yeah yeah no I, I, I think one off if you were to look in the dictionary it, it's it's simple it's um, um, each each restaurant it, is its own, it, it's, it's something uh, done once. That's what one-off means, like you don't regurgitate um, the concept and, 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 and open up in another part of town. I mean, we use influences, especially for the publican, but each one of the concepts is, is its own, um, In its own brainstorming, its own, it has its own nurturement, it has its own idea, it, it has it, its own identity. So, yeah, I, I think that that's why we came up with the, uh, the one-off corporate name.
3: And how do you come up, then, with the, the different concepts? Is, that, is it, I mean, is it, they all come from different places, or different people have different ideas of what you want to do next?
2: I think um, the importance behind coming up with an idea or a concept is collaboration Uh, true collaboration um, with people that you want to go in business with or um, staff members that you want to grow with Um, you know like for instance uh, Terry Alexander who had his own career and Terry and I went in business with another friend in 2002 um, just about six months or a year before we opened a VEC and um his sensibility matched um, our sensibility, and um, um, we, we we decided to do a, another business together, which was the publican, and and that formula proven good for us because we have seven partners um, with res- that own responsibility and also have ownership, um, and um, we all have a, a certain area of expertise that we'd like to use to perform uh, um, a business tasks and also operational tasks. And and um, I, I think that they I, I I don't have certain ingredients that Paul has. Paul doesn't have certain ingredients that Terry has and, and, and so on and so on to the other business partners. So we all have our areas and we like to collaborate. We also like to collaborate with um, outside influences like Thomas Slesher, our architect friend at, that has that has um, designed uh, um, all of our restaurants with the exception of um, Pacific Standard Time. Um, our graphic designer Jason Pickelman from JNL Design. He's another entity, or, or another. Uh, I don't want to use it. I don't want to use the word entity, but his entity helps us uh, design, um, the tangible items that people touch and look at it. The visuals really important to our concepts. Very important.
3: Yes, for sure. And you've been, you've been, uh, called out on that. I know for James Beard, you've been, uh, received some awards. So, um, and I've been to most of your restaurants, which I'm very proud of. I feel like I feel like I'm missing like one or two, but um, um, I love I love everything you guys do. Uh, We're gonna take let's take a little break and then we're gonna come back. We're gonna talk a little more with Donnie uh, about everything else going on with him and one off. So stay with us. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. Sherry. only hello. hello this is only in the industry and Heritage Radio Network I'm Sherry Bayer my guest today is Donnie Medea he's the managing partner and owner of one-off hospitality group based in Chicago so Donnie how how do you how do you manage everything like what's what's your what's your current role and uh, like what's a typical day in the life because you have a lot going on?
2: <laughs> the day of the day in life of running restaurants. Everyone thinks it's you know it's a, a glamour strap. You you go to work and you you dress appropriate um, to what restaurant you're working in, and people see you and they want to you know interact with you and talk to you, and and those are all the, the wonderful interactions uh, of hosp- hospitality and 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 guests enjoying. You know, I, I think the, the 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 major crust of of the day-to-day operations is spent in the office, whether it's admin, um, um, workman comp issues, uh, in, you know, uh, employment, um, labor, food cost, all of those wa- wonderful aspects that people don't see uh, on your face, um, the reality on the day-to-day. But when you go into the restaurant, you have to wash that away and, and just be you know the perfect host and, and the most welcoming host and my job is or our job is to make people happy because they're depending on what what restaurant they 're dining at you either have forty five minutes of uh, lunch time or three hours or two hours to make some feel someone feel very incredible because they 're putting their they 're putting their selves in your hands and and you can't bring any of the day-to-day operational stuff with you. You have to, you have to leave that behind. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a um, facelift, if I may say that, use that phrase, to, to make sure that you recalibrate that your overall goal is to make people happy. And, and I believe that um, most of the restaurants that I've been in or that I work in, um, that's the one goal that we try to accomplish at a high level. Um, but a lot of the day-to-day operation, operational stuff, is is sometimes uh, a little bit hard or stressful based on what you're going, what you're dealing with. Um, you know, is an employment uh, situation, is it a workman's comp situation? So uh, the glamour is at night, but the day-to-day is in um, in in the in the day, and and you have to work um, diligently and hard at both of those. I right. hope that was, yeah, hope
3: that was it was. And I'm guessing that that little swoosh noise is the L train going by. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that well. I like it. It's a. I feel like it's 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 adding ambiance to our show. It's good.
2: It's almost like being. It's almost like being, in uh, like being, uh, um, in, in Brooklyn, uh, under yeah. the L tracks there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're,
3: too, you're
2: not too close, You're not too far away from it.
3: No, so. no. We're I'm here. At, uh, we're in the backyard of Roberta's, and yeah. staff meal is happening on the other side of the window. So, if you might get a little noise from that, but I Please love.
2: Grab me a slice. <laughs>
3: yeah, see if they'll send love, me one in too. <laughs> I
2: love that pizza. I love their pizza. It's delicious.
3: Yeah, it's a great spot. So, so, what advice would you give to someone who wants to be a
2: restaurateur? Um, I, I believe that making your vision singular mm-hmm. instead of thinking about two or three concepts down, down the road. Um, I, I, I also believe that right now um, developers need, need us more than we need them. Uh, I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm, I'm just saying that um, retail is, um, um, is in, in somewhat... Uh, of uh, a difficult, difficult position right now. So developers are looking to restaurateurs and chefs to take on um, um, space um, that they're creating for, for their businesses and not that they're getting away from retail, but they're also, um, I believe, that they're building spaces in their buildings um, to um, for food and beverage uh, and hospitality. So what I'm concerned with is um, there's a lot of um, new openings and, um, you know, what used to be 20 restaurants is now 50 restaurants um, or 50 restaurants in one in, in, in six months openings. So uh, you, I mean, I'm sure you see it in New York. There's a, a new opening every week, almost. So
3: <laughs> every day there's multiple ones every day. Come on. Yeah. It's a oh, lot. happening.
2: So I, I, I think taking your time and finessing, um, what you want to create, meaning it took us five years to do our second concept. And both of those concepts are very manageable. They're right next door to one another. Um, we're, we're lucky enough that we made really smart decisions. Um, we own both of those real estate deals. So um, my advice would be to make sure that the, the, the real estate deal is weighed a little heavier on your side than on the landlord side. Um, don't um, don't be um, don't allow the TI money or the uh, or the work loader money um, drive your deal. Make sure that you um, sit down and calculate your numbers over a course of twenty years if that's the length of your lease. Um, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is really be proactive in the real estate deal before you worry about your next deal. Make sure that that deal set up for 20 years and you can pay the rent in the coldest months, quarter one, um, especially in New York and Chicago. But more importantly, in Chicago, our winters are, are extremely cold and sometimes can be very snowy and wet and people stay home. And um, with DoorDash and, and, and Grubhub, um, people are more adapted to maybe just stay home uh, instead of going out. Mm-hmm.
3: So, what's next for for one off hospitality? Are you, is there a new concept coming? And would you ever open outside of Chicago?
2: Great questions. Um, I, I wish that I had the um, the vision to go outside of Chicago. But thinking about New York and thinking about Los Angeles or those bigger markets, um, what concerns me is. Um, personally, our notoriety and um, and also um, construction cost, real estate cost, and other in other towns. Like I'm, I'm in awe at some of the restaurant openings in New York. How big they are, what the the lease arrangements are, and and uh, I'm it, it scares me. I I don't know. And plus, I. I think that you have an, an immense amount of um, smaller operators that operate, you know, great, um, like Tom from from um, from Estella. I love those guys. I love what they do. Um, and then I, you know, I have friendships with Danielle and what he does. I, I don't know if I would want to go up against those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Keith McNally, Danny Meyer, uh, Danielle, uh, Joe Bastianich. I I've been nervous to bring one of my concepts um, uh, and try to try to slide in um, around or near their concepts. I mean, um, wouldn't you, would you agree with me?
3: <laughs> well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking they might be scared to go up against you. How about that? I mean, you've been, I mean, you have, you have a amazing restaurant group and amazing concepts and you've, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying like leave Chicago, but I think, I mean, being that I live here, I would welcome one of your restaurants uh, in, in New York City. So,
2: Sherry, you're kind, and, <laughs> and I don't know if I can afford that rent, to be honest.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, the, you know, I've been coming to Chicago every year for the Beard Awards. So that's when I've had all these opportunities to eat at your restaurant. So I'm going to hit a few more when I come back
2: next year. <laughs> please, please, uh, please feel free to contact me, and I would love to host you and take care of you when you come into town Really,
3: you're so sweet. Thank you. Okay, we're gonna take one more break. Stay with us, Donnie, because we're gonna come back and we're gonna play my speed round game.
2: Uh, Oh man, I'm gonna be on point. All right, I I hope I can talk as fast as a New Yorker.
3: (laughs) All right. Well, you have you have like about a minute to prep for it, and then we're gonna come back. So stay with us. Thank you. All in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Donnie Medea. So, Donnie, it's time for my speed round game. What this is is I name a couple of things, and you pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. Okay. Okay. You ready?
2: And it's only chocolate and vanilla.
3: Well, that's everything. Well, that's. I mean, how you play the game is how you play the game. I just present the questions.
2: Got it.
3: Go ahead. Okay. Here we go. Eat in or eat out?
2: Um, My wife will fight me on this. Um, um, She's a homebody. She loves to cook. She's a great cook. Um, Eat in.
3: Okay. Wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Wine. Tasting menu or a la carte?
2: A la carte.
3: Small plates or large plates? Small plates. Communal table or chef's counter?
2: Communal plate. Um, both. I love them both. Um, <laughs> I can only choose one. Uh, so you're going with communal at first. But I can do both. You can I like do the, both. I like the counter.
3: Yeah. Okay. How about tipping or all-inclusive charge?
2: Please allow me to tip graciously. Always. It's
3: <laughs> nice. A few more. The Cubs or the White Sox? (laughs) I'm
2: I'm I'm upset that um, I'm 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 upset at the loss. I stayed up until 12:30 last night. (laughs) Um, um, As a child, I was I was in love with the White Sox. Um, As an adult, um, we have a big star at Wrigley. I I love I love Wrigley Field. I love the grass. I love the 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 green. I love to just sit there because there's very little um, um, advertisement. So um, I'm a Cub fan now.
3: Yeah, I love that. I love the Cubs. I love that stadium. I have to. Yeah, that's cool. You guys are in there now. Okay, I got three more. Chicago sure. deep dish or a New York style pizza?
2: New York. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a deep dish guy <laughs> ever. Ever.
3: How about cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. Last one's Manhattan, Brooklyn, or Chicago?
2: Oh, you're killing me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have certain reasons why. Um, uh, Okay. I love Manhattan because of all of the buildings standing uh, in the middle of Park Avenue and looking uptown or downtown the, the amount of uh, buildings is mind blowing, mind blowing. Um, Brooklyn, um, edgy. Um, I love Barry Street in in Williamsburg. Um, I love the promenade um, that um, uh, from um, Brooklyn Heights. So um, yeah, but I love Chicago because. Um, m- you can you can live a little easier um, and not be on top of one another, and you can have a lot more space um, if you prefer living in the chicago me- metropolitan area and not spend billions yeah. for a condo
3: well,
2: so Chicago. Okay. I had to give you my. I had to give you my explanation why.
3: They were great explanations. Really, really um, well. I mean, I I get it. I get it. I didn't think that. Well, you know, I yeah, it was a great answer, and you played the game well. Um, A few surprises in there for me. So. We are going to, I'm going to switch things up on this show a little bit just because we have it as a call-in. And so we're going to do the final question now, and then we're going to take a break. And then I have a a taped interview I did from Skift Restaurant Forum that I was at a couple weeks ago. And then finish up with my solo dining experience. So before we take one more break, for you, Donnie, I would like to ask you to ask a question for my next guest, So I'm having on Pavia Rosati. She's the founder of Fathom, which is a travel website inspiring journeys all over the world. And uh, you can ask her anything. So what would you like to ask her?
2: Um, I love Italy. Um, I I love this certain area right now, Puglia. My question is, does she like the south portion of Puglia or the northern portion of Puglia?
3: All right, I'll find out. Now I want to go to both. <laughs> yeah. I'll see what she says. She's an expert.
2: I hope the question um, 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 is 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 accepted well, and I'm I'm hoping that she's gone there and and can and can rattle out a a, a for instance or a habit stance, um that she ran into.
3: Okay, I'll find out. I've I have a feeling she's been there. So, um, Tell me
2: when you come to Chicago. I'd love to um, meet you in person. Um, I, I love your Danny Meyer um, um, conversation, and I'm a big fan of, um, of New York and, and everything New York, and I loved Roberta's being there several times. So you're, you're in a really good space.
3: Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, I will let you know, and I believe you're going to be in town next week for, to celebrate your 20th anniversary uh, at a James Beard dinner, so I hope to try to see you when you're when you're in town as well. Um, come, and come have
2: a cocktail with us.
3: All right, I'm gonna do that at and the Beard Yeah, that's I, I'm in, and um, thank you, and congratulations on all of your su- success and or, and everything.
2: Or, you, or I'll ask, um, um, I'll ask Shelly or 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 um, I'll, I'll I'll ask. Um, I'll ask Yvonne to save you a seat. How's that?
3: Well, that's even better, but don't, don't go out. I mean, if they can fit me in, I would be honored to be there, but I, I would, I would, yes, I'm just happy for you. So whatever you can do, but otherwise I'll, I'll stop by and, 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 uh, just congratulate you in person.
0: Beautiful.
2: Look forward to meeting you. Thank you very much for the opportunity and, um, Sorry about the malfunction at the beginning.
3: That's okay. We got through it. And, um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. And we're going to take one more break and then come back and we have my interview and uh, uh, solo dining experience. So we'll we'll be right back.
2: And I'm off, right?
3: You're off. Bye.
2: Have a great day. Thanks. Bye.
3: This is Only Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. So now for industry news. Uh, instead of a discussion, I have a taped interview I did from the Skift Restaurant Forum by Skift Table. I spoke with Christine Holly. She is the senior restaurant editor of Skift Table. So uh, it's about a seven-minute interview, and we're going to play it back now. So I hope you enjoy. So hi, um, start out, tell me your name and your title.
4: Uh, I'm Kristen Holly. I'm a senior editor at Skiff Table.
3: And for people who don't know, what is Skiff Table?
4: Skiff Table is a B2B website, mostly, primarily, um, and we cover yeah. the business of restaurants. So that's everything about a restaurant's operations, from chefs, to finance, to operations, to labor, anything that goes into running a restaurant, uh, we cover.
3: And when did you join Skift Table?
4: So I had a newsletter called Chefs Plus Tech. Um, I had it for about five years. Uh, and two years ago, Skift approached me and they bought it for me. Um, and then they ran it as is for a year, uh, with me still contributing as the, as the writer editor. Um, and then a year ago, we renamed it Skift Table, um, and we spun it into a website also. So a big part of our business model is also the daily newsletter that we have um, that goes out five days a week.
3: And we're, and you spun off a forum which we're at. Yes. So is this is the first year you're doing the restaurant forum? Yes. In in New York? Or the in, first year period. First year period. So, how does this forum tie into everything you're doing on the website and with the newsletter? And so, I kind
4: of I like to call this event Skift Table Live because this is literally <laughs> the live version of everything that we cover. Um, the speakers run the spectrum from chefs to restaurateurs to operations people. Technology is a huge part of our site. Um, Skift, the company, is about six years old. They started as a B two B travel site, um, and they cover the business of travel. Um, they're in their fifth year of produced events similar to this one so it was very natural that we were going to have an event even just as a, a one-year-old brand um, because there's real value in sort of bringing what we do on the internet to, to life in front of people.
3: Yeah, no, it's smart. So how did you come up with the theme and the lineup which is really impressive?
4: Um, for today? Thank yes. You. Thank you. First of all, we're very well, excited it is. about the lineup. We're thrilled Um and, you know, I would say everyone that is on the lineup was part of our A-list of invitees. So we're thrilled that everyone said yes. Um, so the theme, you know, collaboration um, loosely is, you know, it's been a really rough year in, in the industry. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of terrible news. Uh, there's been a lot of bad news and it's been not that exciting to come to work some, some days because you're kind of like, what's happening next? And, and, you know, hospitality is a human business and to see other people hurting or not doing well because of bad actions is really terrible. So, you know, we were sort of starting to get the vibe that people were getting a little bit run down and tired of talking about it uh, negatively and we were like, well, what's next? What, what comes next out of this, and what we're finding, and what we've we've been really diving deep into, is the next step seems to be let's all work together, right? And that could be in a pure, straight, collaborative sense, like some of the chefs and restaurateurs that we had on stage, um, and it could just be, you know, being a kind person and being a great contributor to the industry, which you know everyone that's on our stage embodies today. Um, but we just felt it was really important to push a positive message um, because what we do at Skip Table is think about the future and think about what coming and what's happening and I think the future is bright and I think there's a lot of potential and a lot of promise and a lot of people working very hard to make sure that the industry moves forward. So we wanted to highlight that instead of the negativity.
3: Yeah, no, that's I like people yeah, we need positivity and on my show I talk about industry news every week and there's been a lot of tough industry news this year so so you always wait to see what the story is so <laughs> yeah looking look yeah. having positive stories and more you know giving us hope is, is yeah, great yeah i
4: think i mean it's also like not you know i'm not trying to be touchy you feel feel good um, i want to be realistic A the mm-hmm. table is very realistic but we are forward looking and you know if if we're going to collectively move forward as an industry, I think it's
3: important to highlight the positive stories because there yeah. are so many of them. Yeah, true. So, so who um, are some of the speakers that have been here today that you've been uh, most excited about, and you uh, you uh, moderated a few of the panels as well.
4: So, um, as editor, I got to pick first.
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> Good for you.
4: Yeah. Um, so I, I'm really excited about all of them, all of them. I will yeah. say. Yeah. So, um, my, you know, Stephanie Izard, Stephanie Izzard, uh, was my first celebrity chef interview ten years ago. Oh, really? She on Top Chef? mm mm-hmm. So that was, a, that was a pet interview for me, to have her and Kevin
3: on stage. It was a great interview. And fun fact on my behalf is I am a University of Michigan graduate, and so is Stephanie. Yeah. And I always am like, go blue to her. And she's, <laughs> she, she's like, oh, okay, yeah. Because <laughs> identi- I, when, I, when I learned she also went to Michigan, oh. I was like, oh, cool. We have something else in common, you know. Yeah,
4: um, so I was very excited about that level, um, yeah. but also because you know she has seen such great success, and as Kevin, you know Kevin Bates mm-hmm. said on stage, she's relentless in her pursuit of excellence. And, yeah, you know they were telling me that uh, *Girl in the Goat* Chicago um, hasn't dipped. In fact, every year it keeps going up and up and up and up. Um, she was kind of like, you know, when do you, when do you close it down? When do you stop? And you know, it, it keeps, everything is very positive in her world. She's really excited about it, yeah. so that was great. And
3: I'm excited about their LA opening, that like they they talked about. Yeah, yeah, the it's first gonna be great. New
4: city, yeah. I think they're, I think they're all very excited about it. It's a big challenge, as they said on stage, from logistics and labor to just opening in a new market without, you know, the, the familiarity of Boca's 19 restaurants behind them. And, right. For <laughs> um, three and, you know, the built-in fan base in Chicago. Um, otherwise, I think, you know, my background is in technology, so I get super excited. I was happy to talk to Grubhub this morning. I'm going to talk to Krista Quarles from Open Table at the end of the day. Um, I think especially those two companies specifically were, have been around in this space for a sometime time, um, and seeing how they've evolved, adapted as large public companies has been really fascinating to me. So those conversations, I think, are are exciting ones too.
3: Yeah, no, that's great. So is this going to be an annual conference? Yes,
4: we will be back September twenty
3: third. Oh, you have a date. We do. We do. Great, and so then just for for people to will be. Are you videoing the the sessions, or will they yes. be available for people down yes. the road? Yep. So okay. we're going
4: to run all of the sessions on Skipped Table, um, Uh We'll roll them out as soon as they're ready, uh, and um, we'll also have some recaps and some other things. But the videos, I think, if you look at previous Skipped forums focused on travel, the videos are, one, extremely well-produced, but two, really... Um, our sessions are short. They're about 20 minutes apiece, uh, So we really get to the heart of things very quickly. And so it's a, it's a fun watch. It's a very informative watch as
1: well.
3: Yeah, fun, informative, smart. So, well, it's been, it's been a great day. So thank you so much. Great. Thanks for joining us. And for the final segment of my show today, I'm going to do my solo dining experience. So this week, it's at Boulet at Home. Here's the rundown. The Location, 31 West 21st Street, New York City. The Concept, an immersive fine dining restaurant with its menu drawing from French and Asian traditions, plus an educational community of health and nutrition, living pantry, and building blocks that define taste and happiness. The Chef and Owner, David Boulay. So why did I go? because I was in the neighborhood and I heard wonderful, wonderful things about this new restaurant or new-ish restaurant from the brilliant Boulay. And uh, it was a spontaneous decision to go have a nice leisurely lunch. So my experience, I quickly made a reservation online and I soon found myself seated in what might be the most elegantly homey restaurant in New York City. It almost felt as if as if I was dining in this posh furniture store that had this old, old school feel and had a gorgeous open kitchen. The maitre, maitre d' and service took really great care of me and I felt like a lady who lunches. So what did I get? Now I was planning to go a la carte, but their lunch service is really intended for a tasting menu. They offer a five course tasting menu where you pick your choices. There's about three choices under each category. So I figured when in Rome, I'm going to do the tasting menu. So I chose to get the Malibu Sea Urchin, Forager's Treasure of Wild Mushrooms with Grilled Toro, West Coast Lobster, Pineapple Granita, and the Valrona Chocolate Frivolous. And they sent me out an extra course of Boulay's Porcini Flan with Alaskan Dungeness Crab. So my take... It was really one of the most exquisite lunches I've ever had. All of the flavors were distinct and perfectly balanced, and nothing was very heavy either. Uh, there was an elegance to every dish, and the chocolate finale was certainly divine. Their bread is amazing too. The ambiance. So it's casually elegant and homey with this gorgeous open kitchen, and they have a little bakery up front as well that is more meant to take out the bread and uh, some of the pastries. So I'd say it's perfect for ladies who lunch. Interesting tidbit, Boulay uses the space for class demonstrations, and when you go to his website, you'll see there's many options. Personal fun fact, several years ago, I celebrated my birthday at Boulay's Boulay in Tribeca. It was also exquisite, and they they there had this bread cart they rolled around, which is legendary, so he is known for his bread. So the cost of this meal was $75. That is not including tax, but it is including gratuity because he's hospitality included. Would I go back? Yes, I would. And their website is davidboulay.com. So that is the show today. I want to give a big shout-out to Donnie Medea. He is the managing partner and owner of One-Off Hospitality Group. Thank him for coming on the show. And congrats on 20 years of Blackbird. And also thanks to his publicist, Heidi Hageman, who helped set this up today. Their website is oneoffhospitality.com, Instagram at Donnie Medea, and at oneoffhospitality. I'd also like to thank Skift Tables' Kristen Holly, who... Joined me for my interview from the Skift Restaurant Forum. For, to find out more about what she does and to find all those videos and everything from the conference, you can go to table.skift.com and their Instagram is skifttable. Thanks to my engineer today, Gnome, who helped pull everything together. I'm Sherry Bayer. And I will be back next week with another live show. If you'd like to follow me, I'm at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry, and my Facebook page is All in the Industry. My websites are BayerPublicRelations.com and SherryBayer.com. And all of our shows are archived at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. So thank you for being part of All in the Industry. Tune in next week. I'll be back then, and uh, I look forward to uh, connecting with you. Take care. Bye.